Blog Talk Radio. Forward area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 
Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I would like to thank each and everyone who are tuning in. And thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. Question. Have you ever had your heart broken? Then someone tells you, oh, don't worry. Time will heal all wounds. That is the biggest lie that anybody have ever said. Time does not heal wounds. But it's what you do in that time that will help you to heal, but also to be able to recover. So on today's show, we're going to discuss healthy ways to coping with a failed relationship, steps for healing, trusting God in spite of your past relationships, and much, much more in the episode called Heal My Broken Heart. Now, actually, this week, uh, the topic actually came from an incident I experienced. Uh, what happened, I ended up getting ready for work, and I ended up slipping. And when I slipped, I ended up falling on my guitar, either my guitar or my keyboard, but they were beside each other. And when I slipped, I actually gashed my arm pretty badly and I just I was bleeding and I was trying to hurry up and rush to get ready to work for work and so I ended up getting some Vaseline and I got some um, some little gauze or uh, toilet tissue or whatever and I wrapped my arm up so I could hurry up and get to my job but I had it tight and when I got to work I held on to my arm real tightly and then I took off my shirt, and I looked, and I saw that there was a clot that had developed, which begun the healing process. And as I began to look at that, because of the physical wound on my arm, that's when God showed me, you know what? Just like how he allowed the clot to form on my arm to produce healing for my physical body, that's the same thing he wants to do for all of us for our emotional body or mental body, but most importantly, spiritual body. So a lot of times uh, we as believers, we deal with a lot of issues, even pertaining to matters of the heart. So I begin to kind of talk about the story on Facebook, and I had a lot of response, and uh, one of the responses in particular caught my attention, and so I told the person that we were going to just go ahead and just discuss it because it's best for us as believers to talk about this in this kind of platform so that way we can get a true, healthy way, God's way, to deal with matters of the heart instead of a secular uh, way of trying to handle a spiritual and emotional matter. Because if we do not depend upon God in this matter, we will not get the full benefits of healing that he desires for us to have. And a lot of time, unfortunately, we take a secular method and we only get a temporary relief. 
But God wants a permanent relief and healing for us. And so for us to know that just like he's concerned about our soul, where we're going to spend eternity, but also he's concerned about your life here on earth pertaining to the things that you deal with, your emotional being, your heart, your thinking, all of those things. So it's important for us to know that God is concerned about every aspect pertaining to our life. So first thing we want to do, we want to talk about there is a wound that's in our heart. That wound, regardless how long it's been there, how fresh or how dull it has become, what we have to do, we have to acknowledge. We have to acknowledge, uh, first of all, a breakup or a broken heart is actually a form of grief. It is a form of grief that has to be dealt with. And a lot of time people say, well, you know what, like I said, time will heal wounds or, you know, just give it some time. But whenever there's no activity or some type of progress for help, then we will not get the healing that God wants for us to have and the healing that God has for us. So we have to first acknowledge that that is a form of grief. Breakup, regardless if it's uh boyfriend, girlfriend, courtship, dating, or even a marriage, that is a form of grief. So along with acknowledging that it, that is a form of grief, we have to treat the wound. We have to treat the wound. Listen, if you don't treat the wound, you could get an emotional or Spiritual infection. Why do I say that? Because in life, just like a physical body, you can walk around in a mall or go to Walmart, go to a grocery store. You're going to be around people. And it's, it's funny where sometimes you bump into people or people bump into you. You may hit something knowingly or unknowingly. It's like there is a target on you. Like if you have a brand new shirt on, you have a brand new shirt, it seems like everybody always want to bump up on you. You have on a brand new, let's say a white outfit, people always want to bump up on you or accidentally drop something on you. Just like a brand new car. Have you noticed whenever you have a brand new car, that's when people are more prone to get close to your car and end up bumping on your car and all that stuff. But if you have a damaged car, already beat up, whatever, it seems like they don't even miss that. So that's the same thing pertaining to us, pertaining to our heart, our emotions. Just life in general will cause people to bump up upon us. So we have to acknowledge that we have to treat that heart. We have to treat, our, we have to acknowledge that we do need to be treated. Now, before we now that we acknowledge that we need to treat it, that means that you give it attention. You're acknowledging that you are hurt. That's the most important thing you, you have to think about. The first step in your healing, you have to acknowledge that you need healing. I don't care how saved you are. I don't care how long you've been saved 
or whatever, you have to admit that you need healing. And like I said, that doesn't mean that you ain't saved. That doesn't mean that we're doubting your salvation. But the key thing is for you to acknowledge, you know what, even as believers, we go through things. So just because you may be needing help or needing support, that doesn't make you less than a Christian. Actually, it makes you a mature Christian to acknowledge, you know what, I may need some help. And also, this is this does not mean that because I'm dependent upon someone else to help me, regardless if it's from a minister, pastor, or even a professional help. That does not mean that you're not saved. That doesn't mean that you're crazy or anything like that. That means that you're mature. And just like how we may get sick and go to the hospital, go to the doctor, there are Christian counselors and doctors that are there to help us. So just because a Christian goes to see some professional counseling, that doesn't mean that they're not trusting God. No, God may send them there with help that they need. And if you look at it, does God want us to go to the doctor and see the doctor? Yes. Think about this. This may be kind of off the subject, but I want you to think about this. In the book of Luke, we read the book of Luke, which is one of the uh, four Gospels in the New Testament. Also, we read the book of Acts. Acts, which was written by Luke. What was Luke's job? He was a physician. He was a doctor. So, hey, look here. There are Christian counselors. There are Christian doctors that are there to help us. And so God has provided that for us as well. Now, now that you've acknowledged that you need some help, well, we need help. What we have to do, we have to clean the wound. How do we clean or disinfect the wound before we actually start digging in to really treat it? The cleaning of the wound is actually being able to forgive. For those that work in the hospital or those who have been in the hospital or doctor's office, whenever you have a wound, they always disinfect the area. And for the way for us to be able to have our hearts de- disinfected is by forgiving that person who may have left us or who may have ended the relationship or whoever we were in the relationship with. We have to disinfect by forgiving. That's the first step. If you're not going to disinfect the area, then there will not be proper healing for that wound. Why is that? Like I said, you've never seen a doctor disinfect an area, not disinfect an area before he started bandaging up the area. The first step is disinfecting the area. If you're not going to disinfect the area, let me say it like this. If you're not going to forgive that person, then you will not get the healing that you need and that you deserve and that God wants you to have. It's very important for you to do that first step. If you're not going to do that first step and think that you can omit the first step and do the second and third step, you might as well stop right now. You have to forgive. And that forgiveness is not so much for them. That forgiveness is for you because unforgiveness creates toxic 
It creates a toxic environment for your wound. It's just like going to a room where people have been sick, coughing and sneezing without covering up their mouth. Pretty soon, if you go off in there, you may end up getting yourself sick. Now, some people, yeah, you know, my immune system is strong, but you know what? The longer you stay in there, the weaker your immune system may become. So in order for you for you not to get sick, you have to make sure that you avoid that area. And if you do have to go in there, you disinfect the area. And then you're able to go in there and take care of your business, whatever you need to do. So the most important step in the first step in getting our healing is to disinfect that area. We have to forgive. We have to we have to forgive them. And like I said, forgiveness is not not so much for them, but it's for ourselves. We have to because Whenever we hold on to unforgiveness, it really damages our mind. It damages our heart. And the longer you hold on to unforgiveness, it actually makes you bitter. It creates a bitter, a toxic, a funky atmosphere and attitude. And the funny thing about it, that attitude, it will actually disinfect Anybody that you come around or anybody that comes around you. Now, what do I mean? Unforgiveness, it would distort every relationship that you're in. Now, that relationship, not just pertaining to dating, boyfriend, girlfriend, or even marriage. It can even pertain to trampling over to your relationship with your children, your relationship with your parents. Your relationship at at your job, your relationship even at church. Don't, well, I'm not going to say we all know someone, but I'm pretty sure many of us know a person who may be older and they seem like they're so bitter. Hmm. You can see them back in the day. I'm going to say it like this. I saw some when I was growing up. We grew up, we used to visit a lot of churches, and there was, some older lady that was there, and she was just so mean, so cold. She didn't have any children, but she was just fussing and everything. It seemed like nothing made her happy. But later on, as we began to start learning about her, kind of find out she was bitter because the person that she was married to left, and she never recovered from that. And she was she was divorced for 30 years, but yet and still, she was still coming to church. She was around the word, but she didn't allow the word to penetrate within her. So a lot of times we see everybody else's problem but our own. We can see that other people need help, but we won't acknowledge that we need help for ourselves. And also, get this, even in forgiving that person, Forgiving that person does not mean that you like what they did, but that forgiveness that you're releasing to them, it frees you from having them to hold you hostage, hold you hostage mentally, physically at times, mentally, emotionally, but most importantly, spiritually. So 
we have to forgive them. In other words, we have to exhale them in the revenge or the resentment from our spirit. And a lot of times, people unknowingly may be holding on to unforgiveness, and a lot of times, it make a person, if you want to say, feel good because they they being acknowledged. Oh well, you know what? That person did you wrong. You know what? You know it's good when somebody is on your side, you know, cheering for you or you know taking up for you. Where you know that person they did you wrong. That's true enough. That's fine and dandy. But it's one thing to be a victim because of what happened. But on the other hand, it's another thing of allowing yourself to stay a victim. Just for sympathy, just for, uh, if you want to say for pride for, or for uh, ego or for self-esteem reasons. What are your motives of not forgiving that person? What are your motives of still holding on to revenge? Think about this. When you forgive, when you totally forgive, when you give it to God and ask God to help you, to get that person or that revenge or whatever, whatever that person may owe you. It may not be, it may be financially. It may be an apology. Even if that person never come back to apologize, still forgive them regardless if they come back or not. Still forgive them regardless if they say, you know what, I did you wrong. Even if they don't acknowledge that they did you wrong, still give them forgiveness. Because that's for you. That's for your mind's sake. And when you do that, that means to forgive. That means to wish them well. Think about this. If you haven't done this before, if there's anybody in your past that have done you wrong, done you dirty, how about you pray that God bless them, God to help them to be the men or ladies that he called for them to be, and help them to be in a productive Beneficial relationship that will honor him. Hmm. And get this, that will honor him even if that person is no longer with us. Take some mature person. See, God wants us to be mature. God wants us to be able to look at those who have done us wrong and wish them well. That's the first step in for us to be able to get that healing that we need. Because get this, if we don't seek for that healing and forgive them, that unforgiveness that's in our spirit, it will pass down or it could pass down towards our children. So that could be the opportunity that the devil may be trying to use to create or to pass on down that generational curse. Even if you look at, let's say if you look at your parents, one of your parents, both your parents, if they are divorced, if they bitter or whatever like that, don't you know that's the prime opportunity for the devil to allow that to pass on down to you, for you to pass on down to your children? And then what? On down, on down, cycle doesn't stop. But somebody got to break that curse. Somebody has to break that cycle. Now, true enough. It may have transpired with you, but it could stop with you. If you don't want to do it for your own sake, let's do it for your children's sake. Do it for those who love you's sake. 
And like I always say, what the devil meant for evil, God can turn it for our good. So like I said, we have to be able to forgive. We have to be able to wish them well. And also, last but not least, ask God to bless them and help them to be saved and delivered and set free, regardless if they never see us again. So along with forgiving them, something else we have to do, it seems like this is the part that may be a little bit harder for some people. We talked about forgiving them, but we got to forgive ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves, and there's so many people, they hold on to the anger, to the unforgiveness that they have toward themselves. They blame themselves over the decisions of who they who they were with or what they made pertaining to matters of the heart. And it, a lot of times will really catch a person to make them not forgive themselves is when they have to go through raging a child or children, you know, sometimes there's a embarrassment, there's a high disappointment that we have because, you know what, man, you know, I really messed up. I allowed myself, I allowed myself to be with someone, and people told me not to be with this person, not to go out with this guy or not to go out with this young lady, you know, uh, they told me I didn't listen. I had to learn the hard way. And then all of a sudden, people end up beating themselves up because of, man, you know, I messed up. I messed up. I messed up. Okay, true enough. We all have made some mistakes. But the key thing is you can't beat yourself up over the mistakes of choosing someone that was not mature enough to be in a relationship or to handle a relationship. You know, it hurts my heart to see when I see at the store, if I see someone walking down the street, I see a young lady who may be having, you know, carrying two or three kids and everything, and all of a sudden it's like she by herself. Now, I do know there are times where, let's just say, um, a guy may be working, or what happens? A guy may be locked up. That doesn't mean that he did, you know, he did something towards her or whatever. It could have been anything. He could have been wrongfully convicted or what if he's in the military. But when I see single parents having to raise children, you know, it, it really does something to my heart, you know. And so let's just say for those single mothers that are out there who have to raise, you know, several children on their own, you know, and the bad part, is not just having more than one child, but sometimes when they have both boys and girls and dad is not in the picture. Now, it's one thing for mom and dad not to get along or not to be together, but he's playing an important part in that child's life. He's very active. That's one That's one aspect. But when he willfully willfully no longer contribute in the child's life and especially now it used to be where we were just talking about the men being inactive but there are women now that are inactive in their children's life and the children are being raised by the father so a lot of times it's not just the women that are going through this now pertaining to you know the self-guilt and self-blame there are guys i've i've spoken to many guys 
that have beat themselves up because, you know, they were told, you know, don't I don't think it's a good good decision for you to, you know, mess mess with deal with this young lady, you know. Um and then all of a sudden they end up dealing with this particular person, you know. Um those that know I've worked in the jailhouse for many, many years. And so I've seen so many times and so many incidents where people end up regretting their decision. Uh, sometimes, hey, look here, sometimes we have to learn our own because we're not listening to anybody. You know, um, my mama used to say sometimes boss sense is the best sense. Why? Because we're not listening to wise counsel. So a lot of times because we end up being proved wrong, we end up beating ourselves up, and especially when we see our children have to go through something because of our wrong decision, that hurts us as a parent even more. But even in spite of that, we have to forgive ourselves. We have to allow ourselves to have some grace and say, you know what, in spite of that, I have to forgive myself. Because you know what, the worst part about it is one thing to hold on to unforgiveness when it pertains to someone else. But when it pertains to you holding on to unforgiveness toward yourself, you got to speak with yourself. You got to deal with yourself. You can't run from yourself. And if there's if, if there at least one person you have to be able to be cool with, that's yourself. So we have to be able to forgive ourselves and ask God to help us, God, help us to forgive and accept what transpired. Now, the other thing we need to do, we need to ask ourselves, okay, <clears throat> the relationship ended. What did you learn from it? What did you learn? See, we have to ask ourselves, and we have to be able to identify if we learned something, and if we did, what did we learn? The reason why I say that because if you can't pinpoint anything that you've learned, in other words, if you didn't learn anything, you end up repeating that same cycle. You won't be able to identify if it comes back. And I'm going to say it like this. Sometimes when it comes back. Have you noticed there are some people who might have been in a bad or toxic relationship, but all of a sudden they end up dating different people, but they're dating the same type of person. And they, well, I don't know. I'm I'm always with these bad boys. I'm always with these bad boys. Well, have you noticed there's a pattern? See, them is you. There's old saying that says, "Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me." So we have to be able to identify what is the common denominator in everything that we're dealing with. And a lot of times that common denominator is us. So we have to find out that common denominator, not just us, but the choice that we made in the people that we're choosing. The people, Why are you choosing these type of people? Some people, well, you know, I love excitement. Okay, but you know what? That comes with the territory. You know, bad boys like adventure. Bad boys have traits. And so you have to ask yourself, and like I said, this is not just pertaining to bad boys, so to speak, but even young ladies. 
you know, some guys, oh man, I, I like I like a young lady that you know, that don't mind, you know, showing a little leg and everything, you know. Okay, so you like a young lady that likes to show some legs. Okay, so when you met her, she showed some legs. Now you're trying to be with her, but you're trying to change her because you're saying that she revealing too much. But in the beginning, when you met her, that's how she was. So the problem ain't her. That's that's how she is. The problem is you. So you're trying to make her change to become someone that you want her to be, not who she really is. So a lot of times when we look at it, we have to ask ourselves, okay, hmm, okay, the first relationship I was in, I was in okay, it ended. Okay, this happened, that happened. The best thing I always tell people to do, write stuff down. Get a journal. That way you can physically and visually see. You can be able to analyze everything. It's just like um, football or even to some type of sport. After that day, this today is Sunday, most of the players, what they do on Mondays, they go to the meeting and they end up re-watching the game and the coaches always look, put the game on pause. He'll show them where they messed up at, where they missed the block, or where they missed the ball at. They visually, they write down things. They take an analysis of the game they did before so that way they can learn from their mistakes so that way they won't repeat the same mistake again on the next game. So that's what we have to do. We have to ask ourselves, what did you learn? Did you learn anything? And like I said, if you can't pinpoint you end up repeating it. You know, um, some years ago I was in this relationship and in the end it and um, you know, come to find out she had an ulterior motive. And so I asked God, God, first of all, can you show me where the problem started? And so what God did, he showed me the ending to the beginning. He showed me everything in reverse. So he showed me the problem from the ending point, the problem was her, 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 her. Then he started getting to the beginning. Her, 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 me. Like, er, me? What happened? And God showed me when I was getting ready to, when I was talking to uh, someone about the relationship and I was seeing about possibly even taking it um, even further, this person asked me, did you pray about it? I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I prayed about it. I prayed about it. See, I really didn't pray, God, if this is the young lady that you have for me, God, if this young lady that is after your own heart, I didn't say that. I said, God, thank you for this young lady. God, I know what I got. But, see, I judged her. Number one, I judged her based upon who I saw at church, not who I saw, who I saw outside of the church. That's the first step. The second step was I judged her based on who I saw outside of the church, but also in my heart of heart because I verbally said, I know what I got. But see, in my heart, in my spirit, man, let me tell you, this is me being transparent. This is what I said. I said to myself in my spirit, I don't have to pray because I know what I got. And you know what? I remember when God brought that to my remembrance, 
He said, the problem wasn't her. The problem was with you because you didn't acknowledge me. You didn't pray about it. But see, a lot of times we just say, oh, yeah, I prayed about it. I prayed about it. Did you wait until God responded back? Me being real? No, I didn't. But also, this is what I found out. I said the problem was me, and the problem was me because God had plans for me over here, but because I end up not just meeting her or anything like that, that wasn't the bad part. The bad part was I allowed her to come into my life that really she had an ill motive. And so what happened was the problem wasn't with her because she was who she was. The problem was me because I should have recognized that by listening to God. God was trying to show me the red flags and the signs and stop signs and the uh, caution signs and U-turn signs and all that stuff, but I what I ignored it. So I had to accept. You know what, God, the I, I look. I couldn't get mad at her because she was emulating her spiritual father. She had a, her own motive, but God was trying to. Tell me and show me because he loved me enough, but what I did, I just overrode it and I just ignored it. Now, even though right now, thank God, God healed, God delivered, God set me free, the guilt, the shame, the blame, all the stuff I would put upon myself no longer is there. But even pertaining to dealing with the consequences, he'll help you. So, like I said, we have to learn. What did we learn from that situation? And the reason why I brought that up because this is what happened. When I began to start revisiting the things that transpired in a relationship, it took me several times to look over that relationship all over again to actually to be able to identify those red flags. In other words, I'll say it like this. I had to look back and say, you know what? If I knew then what I knew now, would I be able to catch and see who that person really was? And early on, I had to say, I had to be real with myself. No, I couldn't. So that meant that, you know what, I would have repeated the same thing. So what I had to ask God to, God, refocus my spiritual eyes and heighten my discernment so for me to be able to really see, so I could be able to recognize the game before it was ever played. So that's what God was wanting to do for all of us. So thank God I was able to learn. I I was able to see. So that way, if the devil tries to come back with that type of trick, I can be able to recognize it. So that's something we have to make sure. What did we learn from that failed relationship? And then also, are we able to identify those red flags if it comes back or when it comes back, are we able to identify it? <clears throat> also, the other thing that will help us, we're able to identify it and everything. We see what happened, where it went wrong and all that stuff. Ask God. Oh, I want to say this real quick. Just like I was bringing up about I had to own up to my responsibility. I had to own up to my my part. That was something I want to make sure that I had brought up because a lot of times we want to put the blame on other people. 
but we have to own up in a healthy way. This is not for us to beat ourselves up or anything like that or hold on to unforgiveness, but we have to own up to our responsibility in that relationship, even if we didn't physically do anything, but even if you, like I said, if you did not listen to wise counsel or looked at the red flags, we have to own up to those responsibilities. Now, the other thing we have to do for us to be able to be healed we have to ask God to remove that person from our heart. What do I mean? See, when it pertains to a relationship, like I said, regardless if it's a marriage or even courtship, we have to be able to ask God to get that person from our heart because those cause soul ties. See, soul ties are often associated with, some people think it just automatically sex. The only time you can get soul ties with somebody is through sex, and the answer is no. It's not just pertaining to sex, which it is a part of it, but it ain't all of it. When you are emotionally invested into someone or when someone is invested emotionally invested into you, vice versa, that creates a soul ties a bond, it happens. So we have to be able to recognize, you know what? This is something that, like I said, many people just think it would just pertain to sex, and like I said, sex is a part of it. You know, you can, you can have a soul tie with someone through sex, but that's not the only way. So if you are, if you have allowed someone into your heart, into your emotions, and get this, regardless of how long or how short the relationship is, a lot of times people just think, well, you know, y'all ain't been together uh, uh, so long, so what's the big deal? Listen here, it ain't the length of the months or years that y'all are together that creates a, an emotional bond. It's the intensity the intensity. Y'all can y'all can be fond of each other, y'all can love each other, y'all I mean, it could be a bond that develops, sometimes even within a few days. So it don't have to be years or months and all that stuff. You know, one of the things I used to always hear when someone would hear about someone who's in a relationship for a few weeks or months and then it didn't work out. Then all of a sudden, here's someone else. Oh, man, that was just puppy love. No, listen here. Listen, puppy love, I always say this, puppy love and adult love, they all got the same bite and they hurt. So it doesn't matter if it was five months, five years, or five minutes. The thing is, sometimes we just naturally if you want to say connect with a person, and it's a beautiful thing. It's like, man, this person, then all of a sudden, it's like when you connect with that person, now automatically, because I don't mean, it's just me being transparent. I know me, sometimes my mind, I can just take the ball and run. I'm like, oh, man, then there's the expectation. Then there's the the desires. Then there's the hope. All those happened, then all of a sudden, what happened? Mm, the letdown. 
So we have to ask God to remove that person out of our heart. And a lot of times people just think, oh, well, no, I don't want God to remove that person out of my heart because, it, you know, it, it may not be over or there, there may still be hope. But you know what? Being honest with you, you don't want to rely upon that. See, it's best to ask God to get them out of your heart, to cleanse your heart. If by chance that person, I'll say it like this, if by chance there are some reconciliation in the future, then you want to be able to have a relationship with, if you want to say, clean spiritual lenses. Clean emotional lenses or mental lenses. You want to be able to really properly deal with that person in a healthy way and also vice versa. So ask God to remove that person from your heart so that way you can get the healing that you need. And like I said, even for you to be able to, if that person, if there's no reconciliation in the future, at least you'll be in a position where you don't lose your identity. That's one of the major things that people deal with. In dealing with the loss of a relationship, they felt like they have lost their identity because they have given up their identity. Listen, you don't give up your identity when you receive someone else. You still maintain your identity because even if the relationship works out or does not work out, you know you're not going to lose you. You know you're not going to leave you. So why give up you, 100% you, a faithful you towards yourself on the hopes of somebody else that you don't even know if they're going to be committable or not? That doesn't mean that they're going to be cheating, but it's not a, it's not a certainty that that person want to stay in a relationship or be in a relationship. So never lose your identity. Always remain, always remain and remind yourself who you are, not just who you are through people, through your children or through your parents, but who you are in God's eyesight. One thing I always say, we, we got to seek God for his identity, and as we seek God for his identity, he will reveal our identity. So that will help us where that way we do not lose our identity. Because it's so sad when a person end up dealing with a breakup or a divorce, and then all of a sudden they just feel lost because they don't know who they are anymore. Listen, never, ever lose yourself to try to gain someone else. Never. And if by chance they don't accept you for who you are, then you don't need them. You leave them right where they are at. You know, so we have to be able to Accept the fact that we need to keep ourselves, and like I said, asking God to remove that person from your heart. And even if by chance there have been some sexual um, activities going on between y'all two, ask God to break that soul tie. Ask God to break that soul tie, and then also you forgive yourself, but also you ask God to keep your desires for sex, keep it on preserve. Don't ask God to kill your flesh. Do not do that. And like I said, we need to talk about this even within the church. 
as believers, we got to talk about this so that way we don't get a distorted view of thinking or secular thinking. But when it boils down to it, God made those sexual desires for us within the confines of marriage. He made that within marriage. So if you tell God to kill your flesh or kill, me, kill your desires, then what happens if you end up getting to a marriage? What happened? Your desire is dead. So God made sex as a gift within marriage. So like I said, don't ask God to kill it. Ask him to put it on preserve. So when the time comes for you to get married and on your honeymoon and after that, guess what? Now he no longer has to put it in preserve. He can be able to what? Allow it to come on out. Why? Because it's in the confounds of marriage. And that's what sex is for within marriage. So that's something we have to remember. The upset we have to do, accept the fact that we may what? Accept the fact that we may get the answer. Or we may not I mean, let me rephrase that. Accept the fact that we may not get the answers or the wise from that person that ended that relationship. See, a lot of times we, we look for closure, and sometimes we feel that that person holds the answers to our closure. And to be honest with you, sometimes that is the case. But what happens if they, if, if they don't give us the answers that we need? Sometimes they may not give us the answer that we want. And to be honest with you, sometimes it may make us feel good to hear the answer from them. But a lot of time, listen, is it really going to benefit us if that person been lying, if that person been cheating on us and all this stuff? Is it really going to benefit us if they come back to us to tell us a reason when we're not for sure if they're going to be honest or not? So we have to ask God to help us to help us to accept the fact that we may not get the answers or the whys to why that relationship ended. We have to be okay with not getting a straight answer from them. So that's why we have to rely upon God, not only to help us to cope with it, but also being able to look, being able to ask God to help us to even go on with our life, regardless if they give us the answer or if God choose, if God choose to reveal the answer, or if He choose not to reveal the answer, we have to ask God to help us with that. Because to be honest with you, like I said, I've seen so many people, and they want that answer from that person. But you know what? You think about it. Do you actually think a con artist gonna be truthful to us? Do we actually think someone that's cheated on us gonna be honest with us? And one of the things I always say, if a person live a lie, they will tell a lie. And even if that person lied to us to tell us, well, you know, uh, I had problems, all this, all that, they could be lying to us, but is that going to make us feel good? No. That's not going to, listen, that's not going to heal the hurt. So ask God to help us, you know what, seek the answers from him. Another thing we need to do. We have to change our routine 
if we were so used to being with someone, and there have been some couples who, when you see one, you see the other. But what happened if that relationship ends? Now we have to change our routine. You might have been used to having both y'all go out to places and all this and all that. Now, it may be a good idea for you to be able to establish your own identity at a different place. Now, if you can handle going to that place that you all used to go to, if you can handle that, then that's fine and dandy. But if you can't, find a place for you to go to where you can be able to experience life. Because a lot of times when a person ends up receiving um, a breakup or a divorce or failed relationship, they stop living. In other words, it's time for you to get life. It's time for you to get life. That life may require you to even pick up a trade, pick up some type of skill that you might have pushed off to the side, develop that skill. It could be learning how to cook, cooking a different meal, start working out. In other words, always tell people this. Number one, throw yourself a party in everything. Celebrate. You're not saying you, you, you enjoyed the breakup. No. But you know what? Count everything all joy. Because you know what? If that person left you, then you know what? That's a good thing. That means it gives room for someone who want to be with you to come. If that person easily left, it gives an opportunity for those who willfully and want to come in and stay with you, allowing them to come in. But also, right before we get ready to get on the phone line for those who may want to say something, um, I want to bring this out. Um, like I said, I made the post about my arm, and there was someone that made a comment about um, they asked, why are they the one that always get hurt? So I want to pull out a couple of things, and then we're going to go to the phone line. The question was, why are they the ones that always get hurt? And a couple of the reasons why, a lot of times we make assumptions. A lot of times we assume that everybody is just like us. See, we might be honest people. We might be loving people, trusting people. So a lot of times we make an assumption that we – because the person that we see, we honest with them, a lot of times we think that they're going to be honest with us. But we have to remember the Bible told us, number one, try the spirit by the spirit, which means to discern and allow them to see if they line up with God's spirit, not your spirit. But also, one of the scriptures I always talk about, think about, because I had to apply for myself, the Bible tells us, lay hands suddenly on no man, which means don't give your approval to people who have not earned it. Given freely. We we have to respect people. But trust has to be earned. But the reason why we mess up a lot of time is because we give people respect. Excuse me. We give people trust, but we make them earn respect. That's out of order. We have to make people earn our trust. Remember this, our trust is the gateway to our heart. And one of the things I always say, you can't make heart decisions with your heart. You have to make heart decisions with your head. 
See, where's your heart at? Let's look at our physical heart. Our physical heart is within a cage called a rib cage. It's supposed to be protected. But see, where our brains, where we're supposed to be thinking with our with our head, with our head, it has all the senses, the eyes, the touching, the smell, the hearing. All five senses are in the head. It's not near it's not close to our heart. Our heart is supposed to be guarded based upon our head. So that way whatever we see, we're seeing something, okay, well, we're trying to make sure that what we see does not get close to our heart. Or what we hear does not get close to our heart. But we have to stop allowing people free access to our heart. They have to earn it. Not just by mm, what we tell them or what we want to hear. We have to listen, but also listen to wise counsel, but also always say this. Whatever sex that you are and whatever sex that the other person is, you let someone of the same sex of that person deal with them. Let somebody that you know that you trust, let them deal with that person. It might be a potential boyfriend or it may be a potential girlfriend. If you're a male and you're interested in this young lady, then you let a young lady that you trust, it could be a family member, it could be your mother or your grandmother, let them deal with them. Let them check them out. Because one of the things I always say, especially when it pertains to older people, seasoned people, watch how the person you're interested in, watch how they respond to the older people. And let me tell you why. See, if they don't respect history, they'll never respect authority. History is past tense, but authority comes from the past. See, authority is future, present, and future. But if they don't respect the history, they won't respect authority. So if they don't respect authority, then you leave them alone. I'm going to say like this for a young lady. If you see a guy that you might be interested in, you might have him with one of your uncles, one of your older uncles or your grandpa or your father, whatever like that, and then all of a sudden they want to disrespect him or they want to talk down upon them or whatever like that, leave them alone. You know why? Because they will not respect you. See, if they won't respect the things of you, they will not respect you. And so we have to be mindful of that, even for the guys that may be pursuing a young lady. If she don't respect the teaching of, okay, well, you know, uh, I want you to meet my mama, I want you to meet my grandmama, or whatever that, then all of a sudden she snare her nose up at them or whatever that, man, look here, leave her alone. Leave her right there. Wherever wherever you picked her up at, leave her right there. Because she's not going to respect you. If she's not going to respect your family, she definitely won't respect you. If she won't respect your children, she definitely won't respect you. So remember this. This is not a package deal. This is a combo deal that can't be broken up. So we have to make sure that we're not assuming. We got to stop jumping to conclusions and thinking or assuming that everybody's like like us. Even in the Bible, it tells us, judge ye not unless ye be judged. What that means is don't assume. That's what that scripture means. Do not assume someone is like something when they could. They may not be that way. Another thing is we got to start asking real hard questions 
a lot of times we've allowed ourselves to be hurt because we don't ask those real questions. We ask those elementary questions. We ask those, well, you know, uh, you know, them, them polite questions. But those hard, real questions, we don't want to ask those questions because we don't want to run them off. And you know what? If they're going to run off because you want to know for yourself because, listen here, you're worth investing into. You, the ladies that are listening out there, you're worth investing into. The men that are listening out there, you're worth investing into. So you can't just have anybody to come in just to, uh, you don't, you don't want to ruffle their feathers. No, look here. If need be, to make sure that you got somebody that's for real, to make sure you got somebody that's solid, that's going to provide for you and take care of you just in case you get sick, you need to make sure, hey, listen here. I got some. I got some questions I want to ask. Ask them. If the questions that you are afraid to ask are the main questions that you need to ask, that's going to determine their character, their motives, their morals. We got to ask those real questions. Also, maybe we miss those warning signs from them, from other people, or from God. Those are some of the reasons why we allow ourselves to get hurt. Sometimes that's the reason why we the ones that get hurt. This one is a uh, this one is a tough one. Another reason why, because we're trying to help them or make them someone that they're not. Listen, dating, courtship, and marriage. It's totally different than parenting. You can't help some. You listen. You can't help a grown person. You can't make a grown person. I'm gonna tell you. I have one son, 13 years old. But if I go into a relationship, listen. I can't redo what their parents did. It's not your responsibility to raise a grown man, or it's not your responsibility to raise a grown woman. I'm gonna say it like this, and this is me being real. I'm a man, I can say this. Women, you cannot teach a boy to become a man. That's not your responsibility. You can't make a man, you can't make a boy to become a man. We have to understand when it boils down to it, relationships is one thing. We have to think about <laughs> For those that know the Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa, she was a charitable person. She was a giving person. She was a helpful person. And whenever someone goes into a relationship, they're trying to help, trying to change a person, make a person do this and do that, I call it the Mother Teresa syndrome, the Mother Teresa syndrome. You know what? That's not even a healthy relationship. Being real with you, that's a toxic relationship. If you don't accept the person for how they are in the beginning, then why why are you with them? We have to remember that there's a difference between courting and ministry, dating and ministry. And so if it's of the opposite sex, if that person needs ministering, then you link them up with someone of the same sex as they are. If you if you meet a guy and he said, well, you know, I, I want to get closer to God, what about that? Get this. How about you do this? If you're a young lady, let him meet up with a man that you know, they may help him. 
And then if he don't want to, then that's just going to show you that, you know what, his motives ain't to be close to God. His motive is to be close to you, to get what you got, and vice versa. There may be some young ladies that may be telling the guy that, and then what you do, you let him, you let her meet the mother of the church or somebody, you know, that will help, that will hold her accountable, and that will, that will let you know, you know what, this girl running game. Or this young lady was serious. So just because you meet someone of the opposite sex and they may want to be close to God, that doesn't mean that it's going to be your responsibility. You might be the referral that God has placed for you to be able to refer that person to someone of the same sex as they are. And last but not least, the expectations are based upon their potentials, Instead of their reality Sometimes We love or we want to Involve ourselves with people Because they got potential But not because of who they are But who we want them to be Or who they could be And one of the things I always say Everybody got potential But that does not mean that they're going to live up to their potential Hmm Right there So now we're going to go ahead and have the opportunity for those who may be on the phone line to come on on the air, and uh, you can uh, leave your comments or if you want to just um, give some remarks, ask questions, you're welcome to at this time. We're going to go to, okay, here's someone right here, the 214 area code. Hello, welcome to Reignite My Heart. How you doing today? Hello. Hello there. Hello there. Uh, would you like to say anything? Okay. <laughs> Hi, June. Yeah. Hello um, there. Hello I'm just there. enjoying. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just enjoying the show, and um, there's just something on my heart while I was listening. I kind of want to chime in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow, that this is like really important. I'm just like thinking about some people that because this could really minister to, and I'm just like so thankful right now. But I feel like um, we need to also stop making excuses for how we are. Like mm-hmm. um, speaking for myself, like uh, I would just be like, um, man, like the childhood that I had. You know, I didn't have a father to show me or I didn't have a family that loved each other like that. You know, so I would make an excuse for why it wasn't why I was searching or reaching for things that were wrong because I would just use it as an excuse. And that may be the reason, you know, what we have been through or how we were brought up may be the reason why we are how we are, but that doesn't. Ha- we don't have to stay that way. We choose to stay that way. We can be delivered from all of that. And God can change us and make us new. And it's like when something like that happens, uh, okay, like, you know, we may be betrayed by someone. We have to, like, deal with it right then. We can't let time go by and let bitterness or anything like that build up. Like, we have to deal with it right when it happens. and. Mm-hmm. And you just have to ask God to help you with all of that. Like when I had, you know, things that I had dealt with in my past, I would use it as an excuse for why I do the things that I do. 
but I had to like reprogram my mind to think differently. Like, yeah, that's how I am, but I can change. God can make me new. And then he will reveal people's characters to us. We just have to pay attention and listen and not ignore what he's trying to show us. And if you ask him to reveal to you, who, you, who you're supposed to be with, he will show you. And if you just continue to reach out to him and continue to ask him, everything will fall into place. And I, he's put, like, people in my life since then, like, um, like in my church and, you know, just randomly put people in my life that show me exactly what it's like to have God in their life and, you know, what it's like, like, when God is the base of their life and, you know, like their children were brought up in the Lord and they, you can tell they just love the Lord and they really love each other and the way they treat each other. And it's like, I'm cheating myself when I don't have that. I'm cheating myself when I'm just settling for certain, when I was settling, I was cheating myself and I, God puts that in my life and you know, we may feel like, oh, we're not good enough for that. Like, we don't deserve that. All the things that we have done, we don't deserve something like that. We don't deserve that kind of love. So let me just settle for this person or, you know, maybe settle for this person too or or both of these people. And we're really cheating ourselves when we have that mindset because God has some something so much greater for us and the enemy wants doesn't want us to have that so he's gonna think he's gonna he wants us to think that we are not good enough for that and then that's when he started putting people on my life to show me like you you can have this too you just have to be patient and I feel like it's more important we have to learn how to be by ourselves like a lot of people don't know how to be alone you don't know how to not have somebody there and so we have to build a relationship with God. And once you fall in love with God, you build that relationship with him, he will open your eyes to so much and you will know, like, that's all you need. And then when a man comes along, that's just a bonus. You don't need him. He's just a bonus in your life to build. I'm sorry, I'm, like, carrying on. But the truth, like, really spoke to me in a lot of ways. And um, it was just a lot that was on my heart. And I'm not really getting it out how I really want to, but it's just, you know, because it's all coming out at once. I know there's only a little bit of time, but just, you know, the basis is like you really have to have a relationship with God and learn how to be by yourself. I feel like, you know, be be alone at least a year before you even start trying to search for someone, before you even ask God to send you someone, just learn how to be alone. And you're not really alone because he is always with you. And then you will learn stuff about yourself that you never thought was <laughs> that was there. And um, also, like, what had helped me was this book called A Heart Made Whole by um, uh, Christy Guilford. And it's, like, telling you how important it is to build a relationship with God and how when something happens to you, um, you know, you're betrayed by someone or, you know, like, something happens to you you can't just ignore it and you know you have to deal with it right then and ask God to help you through it and you know I'm just really blessed and thankful that he had opened my eyes to show me that I was only cheating myself living that way and I know that he is going to send me someone one day when I'm ready that is just going to blow my mind and if he can do it for me he can definitely do it for anyone (laughs) 
And there's a woman in my life that was just recently married, and we have a similar background. And it's just so amazing that he put her in my life because it's like I used to think, like, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, I've done all this. Like, nobody's going to want me. And she had been through a very similar background. But she's married now, and God sent her a man that was in the ministry, and he was a virgin, and he sent him to her. And and then it's like how she was telling me how she knew it was him. Like, God will give you a sign. You just have to ask for it. And he, like, showed her the signs of, like, why she shouldn't have been with this one person and showed her the signs of when her husband was come. So when he came, she knew that it was him. She just knew because she had asked him to pave the way for her and asked him to show her a sign. And then also she was saying how it was confirmation for him, how God will send you both confirmations, and that's how you will know. And you just both have to pray about it. And, man, it's just so amazing how he's, like, showing me all of this and, and if he can do it for her, if he can do it for, I know he will do it, then he can do it for me. And I know if he can do it for me, he can do it for anyone. Yeah. And I just thank you for your show, for, um, you know, all the, not just this message, but, you know, God is blessing you in so many ways. And I'm just so excited and blessed to, like, be a part of something like this. And it's just amazing to me, like, seeing, you know, all the wisdom and knowledge that you have and that you're, you're not selfish with it, that you are giving it like you're su- supposed to. And I thank you for that. Oh, my honor. I, I thank God I thank for you. You know, and you said a, a key thing. It's important for us to be able to, uh, when we first deal with something, go ahead and, like you said, give it to God immediately. Ask God to reveal mm-hmm. help. You know, I, when you were speaking and I thought about that, it made me think about the show, First 48. First 48, mm-hmm. they have that show because they want to make sure when a crime has transpired, they want to go ahead and start immediately doing an investigation within the first 48 hours right. because they realize right. it's fresh on people's mind. Whatever mm-hmm. situation happens, it's fresh on people's mind. And if we don't hurry up and do an investigation, then what happens is it end up being in the back burner, then all of a sudden it become a cold case. <laughs> and God does not want a cold right. case in our life. You know, God want God want us to be healed and God wants us to be whole, lacking nothing. And so just as important as God see pertaining to salvation in our life, He's concerned about every aspect of our life, even pertaining to matters of the heart. So we serve a God that loves us so much, you know, and I really, really, really thank God for you. I hope and pray that not only God continue to bless you, use you, but always know if there's anything that you want to say or whatever like that, always know that this line is always open and <laughs> you are welcome at any time, day or night. I always say 23 hours a day. Come on in <laughs> and just you. time in. I'm forcing myself to get out of my comfort zone and, you know, because I'm being selfish when I keep it to myself. So, you know, it's just hard to get out of your comfort zone, but it's possible. So, yeah, I thank you for giving me that opportunity, you know. Thank you. My honor. My honor. I appreciate you. God bless you. And and, and thank you and keep listening. We're going to go to the the phone line right here, uh, Eric Code 903. Hello, welcome to Rick Number Hard Podcast. How you doing today? Hello? I'm good. 
Uh, okay, good, good, good. Uh, is there anything that you would like to uh, chime in on or uh, listening, just listening, or you want to give some words of wisdom, a single solo, or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just saying that I enjoyed the show, and it hit a lot of key points. And like the young lady that was on the phone was saying, it is important to um, try to be alone, not be alone, but like give God everything that you can possibly give as in wanting to be better in a relationship. Like, how can I say it? Um, like, I haven't been in a relationship in, like, two years since my baby dad had left. And I was telling God, I was like, God, I'm going to be committed to you. So I have been praying for, like, my husband and for someone, basically for my husband or whatever. And I was like, well, God, I'm just going to stay committed to you until you um, – until you bless me with my husband or whatever. And like she said, when she, when you're alone, you also you figure out things of yourself that you didn't know that yourself is. Like you know, you figure out things of yourself that you didn't know. Like I'm, I'm learning myself more being alone because I used to always think, oh, I need a boyfriend for this, I need a boyfriend for that. I just felt like I couldn't be alone and like, during this time, God has been showing me, like, you don't need a man. All you need is me, and I'm here for you for everything that you need. So I just thank God for just showing me the opportunity, just showing me that he's here for me, and I don't need a man for anything. I can do it on my own. With him, I'm by my side. So I just thank God for that, and I thank you for your show and just all your key points. It's awesome, and I just enjoy being on the show, and able to speak and tell my testimonies, and I just enjoy it. I stayed up yes. until I was supposed to go to work at 2, but I stayed up oh and was excited to get on the line tonight. So I just knew it was God, so I just. <laughs> well, I'll I tell you what. Number one, I thank you. Um, I thank you for even standing up. And, and this one of the I will say, I'm, I'm going to let you uh, get off the air, but I'm going to be praying that God give you sweet sleep and just like how you were able to just get on the line, but you did more than get on the line. You even minister to people. So I thank you for you being obedient. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Also, I wanted to say that um, it's a couple of girls that's like going through the same thing that I'm going through. And I was like, Lord, why is it that you sending these girls to me? Like, I don't want to be the one telling them this stuff. But then, I started to realize, like, Kelly, you've been through this stuff, so you can be here and comfort them and let them know, tell them your testimony. Yeah, the person that you was with did y'all wrong and this, this, and that. But be there to comfort that person and let them know that they can be strong just like you can no matter what the situation is. So I just thank God for letting me be a blessing to people's lives, Um, especially the single mothers. Because being a single mother, it is hard, and hey, hush, it's a, it is um hard being a single mother, but it also makes you stronger too. And I just thank God for letting me be a testimony to people in the single mothers, and that's it. Hmm. Well, I I thank God for you, and I'm praying that even when you go to sleep, I'm praying that God give you sweet sleep and it's quality sleep, and for you to even be able to wake up refreshed and renewed, and just know that even though you called on the line, you ministered to us too. 
So mm-hmm. we we thank you. We thank you, and uh, we praying that you have a great night rest. And and I thank God for you. And and uh, at the end, we're gonna be praying. Matter of fact, we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and do this now, um, just in case those who may be listening. Um, just know that God is concerned about everything, what you dealt with, what you're dealing with right now. And God, God wants us to be linked with the right one, the right um, male, the right female. You know, uh, one thing I always, always say, God made marriage for man and woman, not for man and man, not for woman and woman. So even whatever we dealt with in our past, God want to heal us. God want us, us to be whole, lacking nothing. God want us to be able to trust him. And also as we seek God, as we develop that first relationship between us and God and God and us, then God will reveal those who are genuine, those who are real, and then those who ain't real. God will reveal the live versus the memorex. One thing is always say, Imitation often comes before the real thing. And so God wants us to be able to recognize, but the only way we can recognize is through his spirit and us obeying and listening to him. And no matter what, no matter what transpired in the past, true enough, we might have failed in the past. But even in the midst of our failure, God has provided another chance. And just realize, because you have woken up, because God has woken you up, he started and gave you another day. There's still hope. There's still hope for love after all. So just know that God is concerned about that. For you. But most importantly, God wants us to be healed from any residue of the past so that way we can be able to receive, not just in the future, but even right now. So the main thing is let's not omit our relationship with God to try to seek for somebody else. Asking God to help us to be patient for us to be able to hear because just like how we pray in the God for God to lead the men to the ladies uh, and for the ladies to be still for the men, that way you could be sidetracked. So that way that you could be frustrated, be stressed, and taint your relationship between you and God, between you and your children, you and your family, you and your church. So just know that God is concerned, and he wants us to be able to seek him and know that, like I said, God is concerned about all of that pertaining to us. I hope and pray that something was said pertaining to this topic because I really feel like this is a topic that it really needs to be addressed. And unfortunately, even there are some churches that may have singles ministry, which is very important. But a lot of times, some people, not all churches, but some people try to keep people within a singles ministry instead of teaching them how they could be able to graduate from the singles ministry to the marriage ministry. And this is something that God wants us to be able to do, be able to be in a relationship that's going to honor him. And if there's a relationship that's not going to honor him, then we don't need to be a part of that. And also I want to encourage those who may, like I said, who may have uh, had a, a past that might have been ungodly, Ask God to forgive you and forgive yourself. And like I said, God will keep you. God will keep you where you won't give your values or give your, your if you want to say, your sexual things to people before time. And if there's anybody that try to make you uh, do something that's unlike God, I don't care if they 
appear to be someone that you oh they haven't sinned. Leave them alone. There might be a distraction. They might they might have an ill motive. But the most important thing, you seek God, learn God's word, study God's word, and I'm telling you, God will reveal. And also, let me tell you this: don't let anybody make a decision for you. I've had that to happen. You ask God for yourself. God want to talk to you. Don't let nobody tell you what the Lord told me to tell you, and there's no proof. One of the things I always say, I always say this, I always say, God want to deal with you directly, and God is not the author of confusion. If someone tells you something, I don't care who they are, let God talk to you directly. God want to talk to you directly. I'm a minister, but you know what? So what? God want to tell you, and God would not tell me to tell you something that he hasn't already told you. God want to tell you specifically. So just you seek God for yourself, because what would happen if you start listening to other people and you do something based on what people have told you to do, then you know what's going to happen? Then you're going to end up second-guessing for the rest of your life until you repent to God. So you make the decision for yourself. You're a grown person. Everybody is an adult. You seek God and let God tell you what to do, and you do what God tells you to do. And when you obey God, I'm telling you, when you obey God, when you trust God, there's going to be some people that may not like your decision, but as long as you honor God, God will give you the grace. God will give you the skill and the drive to do what you need to do for his sake. Obey God. Trust God. Don't worry about man. Don't trust man. Trust God. And like I say, if God can talk to them in a New Testament time, God want to talk to you directly. So you seek God, and I'm telling you, God would do exactly what he says. So I hope and pray that something was said that would minister, and this is not the last time we're going to get on this topic, but we want to make sure that we seek God and Ask God to help us to be healed and be whole, lacking nothing in our life. And for those who may be listening, who may not be saved, we've been talking about God throughout this podcast. And there may be someone say, you know what? I've been hearing about God, but does he really love me? Did he really die on the cross for little old me? And the answer is on both counts. Yes, yes. Know that Romans 10 and 9 said, If thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ, thou Savior, and believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Just in case those who may be listening who are hurt, who are grieving, who who may feel like, you know what? Every time I, I can't stop crying, I'm telling you, the Bible tells us that God is near to the brokenhearted. He's close to the brokenhearted. And he's close to those who are what crushed, and their spirit is crushed and shattered. Telling from personal experience, and you know, one thing I always tell people: I don't mind throwing myself under the bus. I've been in those situations several times, but you know what? God has healed me. God has helped me to recover. And the same God that did it for me, He can do it for you. But ask God to help us. Ask God, allow God to come in, invite God into your life, pertaining to every aspect of your life. He cares for you. Be having the Father be coming to you right now. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. God, we ask, Lord, first of all, God, to help us, God, to forgive us, God. If there's anything that we said or done or thought or felt that was unlike you, God. We ask you, Lord, for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness. And we thank you, Lord.
off for your forgiveness. God, we thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to get it right before you, God. God, we speak it right now, God. Those who may be listening, God, God, we ask God to help them, God. Heal their heart, God. Heal every wound, every scar, and every scar tissue right now in the name of Jesus. God, we even speaking, God, even for those hidden things, God, that may not have been treated, God. God, we speaking, God, that you heal those scar tissues, God. We speaking, God, that you break up those scar tissues, God. Help them, God, to be able to give everything to you, God, once and for all right now in the name of Jesus. Every guilt, every shame, every hurt right now. God, we speaking, God, that we cast all of our curves upon you right now, God, because you care for us, God. And, God, we speaking, God, even what the devil meant for evil, what the devil meant to destroy us, God, you would turn it for our good. We don't know how. We're not even concerned about how, but we know, and we ain't even concerned about when, but we know before it's all said and done, you are facing, and you want to get the glory and the honor right now in the name of Jesus. And we we speaking, God, that you utilize this, God, as a teachable moment for ourselves and as a testimony for others right now in the name of Jesus. And say to abound everything you stand for, we bind every problem, we bind every confusion right now in the name of Jesus. We bind every spirit of depression right now in the name of Jesus. We bind every spirit of suicide right now in the name of Jesus. We bind every spirit of giving up right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we even speaking, God, those who maybe even be so depressed, God, that they want to go into drugs or go on the streets, God, or even give up life, God. God, even give up on their faith, God. We speaking, God, that you reach them right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Let them know, God, that the devil may have tried to make them feel like that they're worthless, but, God, they are valuable in you, God, and even to others right now, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speaking, God, that you reveal their identity in you right now, God. God, we speaking, God, that you heal their heart, God. And God, we speaking, God, that you heal and touch their minds right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we speaking right now, God. God, those who may be single, God, and looking or searching, God, we speaking, God, that you link them, God, with a relationship that's going to honor you right now, God. God, we even speaking, God, that you remove every distracted spirit right now. We even speaking, God, those who may have hidden agendas, God, ill motives right now, God. We speaking, God, that you block it right now, God. And God, we even speaking, God, even for those who may have questions, God, for relationships they're in right now, God. God, we speaking, God, that you give a definite answer right now, God. If it's a yes or a no right now, God. And God, we even speaking, God, that you help your people, God, to accept what you reveal right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for the testimony, God. We thank you, Lord, even for the courtship and the marriages that are coming from this that's going to honor you right now, God. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do right now. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and everyone who tuned in and listened and who supported this program. If you have any questions or if you have any suggestions on future topics, feel free to contact me on Facebook. My name is Brother Prater, P-R-A-T-E-R, Brother Prater. On Facebook, you will see my daily devotions and videos on my page. Also, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, or you can go to my website at www org. You will see the daily devotions and upcoming events and my personal appearances. Also, you can go to my store section of the website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men of the needs and responsibilities towards their families, 
their children, their spouse, or even their children's mother to inform women the needs of men and to give single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in right now, and thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. God bless you, and good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.